0: Hello friends, welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ginal, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Hi everyone, welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm really honored today to have Amy Anderson with Reschool, which is an amazing project. I'm so excited to hear about it, Amy, but welcome to Heidi's Colorful, Colorado.
1: Thank you, Heidi. It's really great to be here. I'm sorry we can't be in
0: person, but maybe next time. That sounds great. I mean, we're all just making it work however we can these days, (laughs) especially in education. Um, I I read your bio. You have a fantastic background in all things education. Tell us a little bit about your journey and why this became your passion.
1: Yeah, well, I, um, I grew up in a, a small a suburban town in Chicago. And when I was a kid, uh, there weren't a lot of choices when it came to school. You know, you could go to the, the public high school, which is where I went, or you could go to a, a religious Catholic school in my town. And I was a Jewish girl. So going to a religious Catholic school mm-hmm. wasn't an option. And so I got a lot of my um, experiences that really prepared me for who I've become today. In places that actually were largely outside of school through th- experiences like jobs that I had, youth groups I was part of, sports and, and drama and those kinds of things. And it really shaped um, some my future in terms of, of what I wanted to pursue because I wanted all kids to have access to those kinds of experiences. And I also wanted Kids to have access to different types of schools as well, and um, and and so I very early on after I graduated college, I happened to be working for an affordable housing kind of organization, but I met the people who were the, the founders of the charter school movement. They had just passed the law in Minnesota where I was living and they asked me to come work for them. And the rest is kind of history. I, I uh, It exposed me to this other world of education where you didn't have to just kind of accept What was you could actually try to change laws and and make things more flexible for kids and for educators and and it also helped me see that you can have different kinds of schools and choices and so I spent the first. couple decades of my career in and out of the charter school world in different capacities, including starting a school when we moved here to Colorado Um, and then I. I wanted to understand kind of what it was like to work kind of within the system because I had never done that. I'd always worked on the edges of this system for nonprofits or, or different kinds of organizations. And so I went about 10 years ago, I went and worked for the commissioner of education at the Colorado Department of Education to lead a division of innovation within the department to really see how can you innovate and really um, stretch and have a future focused Uh, Department of Ed. And it was tough. You know, I learned a lot and um, I met a lot of really interesting people. And what I learned is that the system that we had was designed and built for the system we have now. And in order to really innovate um, and design the system of the future, I needed to actually kind of step back outside of the department and do something different. And that's kind of how Reschool started. Um, It was this vision of saying, what if you could start an education system from scratch that was designed for the world that we live in today and that you did it in partnership with parents and kids and community, um, what would happen? And that was eight years ago. And so here we are and (laughs) we've done some really um, interesting things over the years that I'm happy to share more about. But that's that's a quick and kind of quick story of, of how I got here. And you grew up, did you grow up in Wisconsin? I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Chicago, and then I lived in Wisconsin. I went to college in Wisconsin and lived there for a number of years, um, and then in the Midwest, in Minnesota after that, And but we moved to Colorado right after we got married. We, My husband and I got married in 1995, um, packed up the car, and moved to Colorado. So. <laughs>
0: With a lot of other folks, but it's yeah. a great choice, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, one of the things I love about Colorado is that people go big here. They like to think you know, big dreams, I'm gonna do big things. And I want kids to have that same attitude and vision when they live here or anywhere in our country, right? Or the world. Um, what do you think is going on with kids right now after COVID? How can we get their mindset back to that, you know, opportunity and growth mindset? And, you know, it's, it's been a really scary time. And I think folks have kind of gone inward. How do we get them looking outward again?
1: Yeah, I think the the op- opportunity for kids to have connections again with other people in the community is more important now than it's ever been before. And whether that's in person or even still through some virtual means, having relationships and connections is going to be, I think, a primary focus. And another big focus, I think, is, is having joyful experiences, um, the opportunity to learn something or to engage in an activity that get you away from a computer screen and doing something that's fun. Um, And so I think a lot of kids are trying to do that this summer. And our work at Reschool has been, how do we invest in the learning providers that kind of work with kids in that space, um, so that they can provide programming that's affordable um, and accessible to kids? And then how do we invest in families so that they have the resources to navigate and purchase or um, access the learning of their choice um, in, in a variety of different settings. Um, and so I think as people can exercise their agency and they can navigate and find experiences that are within and beyond school that are meaningful and, and set them on a path again that feels good, That's that's what we need to do. And there's a lot of kids that need to catch up on some on academics and those kinds of um, needs as well. And that's also very important. But I honestly think that the other stuff is what's most important first. And that will, by engaging deeply and learning again, kids will want to read and they will engage in other aspects of kind of the academic pursuits too.
0: I love that you brought the word up joy because I'm hearing that a lot lately in lots of different, different conversations that I'm having. And, you know, that's one of the things that COVID stripped from us in a lot of ways was joy with our family, our friends, our schoolmates, our sportsmates. And one of the the things I like about reschool is that it helps students find their joy, right? And it gives parents access to helping their students find their joy because every student has different viewpoints of what that looks like. So talk to us a little bit about reschool and why it's different.
1: Yeah, so reschool, the, re- the main, re- it's not a school, first of all. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> we're, re- we're rethinking the whole notion of schooling um, and what that means and learning for kids. And we start with learners and their families at the center. And that has always been our um, our main focus. And if you start to understand what a, a learner a student's interests are, what their challenges are, what their family context is, where they live and and, and what challenges they may have, And then you take a look at the array of learning experiences that exist around you. They could be in school experiences. They can be in the summertime, after school, online, things you can buy and do in your home. All of those things matter. And so our work at Reschool is about ensuring that all kids can access that learning that happens everywhere and that we have resources that um, we've raised in a way that will allow us to do that at a larger scale. Um, and so we're we're not we're we're actually making an, an education system that's more expansive and more equitable um, and trying to add resources and invest in it in ways that um, ensure that the kids can be successful in it.
0: Amy, can you talk about how tactically that looks for a family? Like if a family mm-hmm. wants to get involved, what are the steps and what are the involvement?
1: yeah so we have a few different ways one is uh, we run what we call learner advocate networks and we partner with employers we have two employers that we partner in in the Denver area that are hospitals any employee who works in those hospitals can have access to our learner advocates as an employee benefit and what that means is it's a free benefit to the employees if they have any questions or needs related to their kids as education child care what to do with them in the summertime um, they have special needs that, that that aren't being met, you name it, they can come to our advocates and they get support to navigate that set of challenges or, or opportunities that they're trying to pursue. We pair that navigational kind of support with something we've called learning dollars over the years. And for a number of years, the learning dollars we raise, which is we fundraise to have resources available so that families that were in our advocate network, if they wanted to say, take a, hire a tutor or attend a summer camp or those kinds of things and cost was a barrier to them, they could dip into our learning dollars account and have resources to pay for those experiences for their kids. And they have led to such meaningful outcomes that we've seen over the years. For example, we have had kids who, never had access to arts programming, get access to arts programming and apply to Denver School of the Arts and get in. And that's hard to do, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't grow up going to a variety of different arts programming in the summer and after school. So that's one thing that we do that's tangible. But what we've it saw the impact that that was having on the smaller group of parents we were working with, we wanted to make that available to more families across the state. And so it, over COVID and then again this summer, we have run learning dollar funds that are serving families all across Colorado. So this summer's learning dollar fund, we're gonna be giving out about $400,000 in learning dollars. Families will have an account that they can go on and their learning dollars will be put into that account. And then they can direct the funding to their learning of their choice this summer. Um, and so they can spend that on books and materials or kits that they wanna do in the home, art supplies, sports. They can go to summer camps, they can hire tutors, but they they can use the resources as, they're, as they need to do so. So those are the two big things. We also, we run a, a website called Discover Learning that allows any parent um, anywhere to, kind of plug in and put some criteria that uh, they're looking for different kinds of experiences for their kids and it will pull up an array of learning providers who match their criteria. Um, right now that's primarily Denver Metro focused but with the Summer Learning Dollar Fund we're adding learning providers from across the state. So that'll continue to, to
0: grow. Um, so that, that's, that's a kind of a sampling of the kinds of things that we do. That's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that so many children are getting this opportunity, and it sounds like it's privately funded. Is there any connection with the public school system and the public school dollars? Yeah, it's
1: actually, it's there is not for, for the purposes. I mean, there's definitely connections that our learner advocate network has with the public school system um, in terms of um, support, you know, kind of navigating school and, and the needs that families have in schools. For the Summer Learning Dollar Project, we are partnering with eight, seven different groups around the state, and four, three of them are school districts. And so those school districts are supporting families to navigate the Learning Dollar program this summer and to find learning experiences and so forth. So we have partnerships for sure with school districts. Um, but we have been part of a larger coalition. Um, that is supporting an initiative that's going to be on the ballot this fall called LEAP. Um, And that's new money that is being raised to support um, learning accounts along the lines of what we're doing this summer with the learning dollars that would give kids access year round to learning dollars that they could use to supplement schooling. So it's it's additional
0: money coming into the system on top of K-12 funding. So that'll actually be on the ballot. People can vote for it to support the idea of giving learning dollars to more families so they can invest in their kids' education and experiences outside of the public school system. Right, and it, it will be, a, a, yes, in the, the, the vision,
1: we're collecting signatures now, and, um, and we aren't, but the campaign is, we're, we're separate from the campaign. Um, we, we're running kind of the, the education side of the work, um, but the, the assuming that all goes forward and the campaign is successful, uh, it will be on the ballot, and um, and if it, if the voters vote for it in the fall, then um, we'll have this program going forward, uh, hopefully
0: forevermore for kids in Colorado, and it will be the first of its kind in the nation. That's great news. Um, what if people want to volunteer or get involved in the campaign? Do you know how they can access that? Uh, there is a website um, which is
1: Leap. Let me just—I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Leap4Colorado.com, L-E-A-P, the number 4 dot com is the campaign's website. And our website, uh, to understand more about what
0: Reschool does, is ReschoolColorado.org. So, Amy, tell us a little bit about what you're, it sounds like you're doing exactly what you think needs to happen to kind of upend education or or you know, innovate education in Colorado, are there other things that you think need to happen in Colorado to make education more effective for students? And parents are starting to get much more involved, it seems, after COVID, and are looking mm-hmm. for other ways to do things differently now. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, I do. I, um, I mean, I still have some really
1: good relationships with our current commissioner at the Department of Ed and some other people there. And one of the things that they are experiencing now as we're kind of on the other edge of this pandemic is that parents want something different and they're asking for something different and they're exercising that agency in some different ways. And and so what's that, what that is doing is it's, it's causing places like the Department of Ed and, and others to have to kind of really think about how they adjust the system itself in order to accommodate those needs. So for example, there are parents now in different parts of the state who are uh, wanting to like, have a more blended model. They don't want their kids to go to school from 7 a.m. until 3 p.m. every single day. And what if kids could go to school a couple of days a week and then they learn remotely and do different things on the other days? Uh, That is something that more parents are asking for. And so we're going to see some different models like that kind of shift over time, I think, that are really important and interesting. Um, And what it does is it kind of blends this idea of where learning happens um, and how learning needs to happen in ways that are more organized around the needs and interests of groups of people. Um, So it's organized around the people and the system is responding instead of the way our system has always been run, which is like the system creates these structures and the people have to figure out how to fit in. I think that we're starting to see some push on, on trying to upend that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think as I have, a, I have three little kids, I have an 11 year old and twins that are nine, Then I have a 25 year old also who went through the traditional public school system. And one of the things we found is that um, all, you know, all of our kids learn differently and some of them do better with the hybrid. Some of them, one of them does better sitting in the classroom and having structure. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to do exactly what you said, is focus on the student and not the system. And I hope the funding can follow that at some point, but I I love what you guys are doing. And I think um, the model will grow exponentially as more and more parents find out about it. Um, Tell me a little bit about why you love Colorado and what the spirit of Colorado means to you. Well, I love Colorado
1: because I feel like it's a place where anybody can come and from a variety, you know, you can grow up here, you can transplant here from a different setting and, and, There's a spirit of trying new things, entrepreneurism, you know, whether that's like business entrepreneurism, like you did, um, or social entrepreneurism, like I'm doing. Like, there's a spirit of trying things, trying to figure it out, collaborating, you know, often across political aisles or across geographies and working together in ways that you don't see as much in other states. I mean, I work a lot pre pandemic and like with colleagues across the country, and it's quite different here i mean i'd say the west in general has more of that spirit um, but colorado is, is special in that way and uh, i love that so that that for that like kind of the, the professional side of me that's what the spirit is for the personal side i love the blue sky the sunshine i love to hike the outdoors you know being able to go outside year round uh red rocks <laughs> you know there's lots of things i
0: love about this state you know on a personal side too that's wonderful. Um tell me the most Colorado thing you've ever done. We ask everybody this question and get a wide variety of answers, but I'd love to hear your take on that. I know, I it's so funny
1: cuz I saw that in the in the pre notes and um my I told my husband that and I said, "Well, here's here's what I think I'm going to say." And he said I was a nerd, but he also thought it was a fun answer. But I I think the most Colorado thing I've done is uh, I, I shared earlier that I, I I started a school with a group of uh, teachers and parents and community people called the Odyssey School, which is in, in uh, northeast Denver near my home. Several years ago, uh, 1998, one of the first charter schools in Denver, and that school purposefully integrated Colorado, the spirit of outdoors and adventure with education um, in a way that allowed kids year-round to learn in really relevant, meaningful ways, get out into their community, get out into our state camp, climb, you know, do field work with experts in the field who are these entrepreneurs. And um, it's just like a little microcosm of our state what in, in a little tiny 225 kids school in northeast Denver. And it serves a really diverse population of kids, a lot of kids who might not otherwise get some of the experiences like going snowboarding, you know, for example, for a week in, in January. So, um, I'd say that's probably the most Colorado thing I've done.
0: That's pretty Colorado, and you're raising a lot of good kids to appreciate Colorado and <laughs> the great things it has to offer. Well, thanks, yeah. Amy, for being with us today. It's been really enlightening, and I've I've really enjoyed getting to know you and w- more about reschool. And I wish you all the best going forward in your efforts. I think it's going to make a big difference for Colorado kids. Thank you so much, Heidi. It's really nice talking with you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.